0: We are YOD. Because what I realize now that I did not realize then is that when you shot me, you gave me a gift. Look at me. A black Superman. All of this, they started to realize one very important thing. Wait a minute. We might have to lose this power.
1: Welcome to the YOD podcast, where our primary goal is to keep you informed and to be your central point of contact for what's happening around us. If you're new to the show, we cover a wide range of topics from society to sobriety, from the culture to the vultures. But this one specifically is for the culture. As it kicks off its next phase in the DC Universe, Warner Brothers is in the search for a black Superman. Yes, you heard me correctly. We will have a black Superman. Now is it long overdue? Or are we digging into identity politics? Good thing for us. I have a good friend, Joel, that's going to come help us talk about it. businesses and where people can reach you
0: okay cool 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 so first and foremost um, Inkster Michigan is where I'm from a little city outside of Detroit so motor city uh, come from the grind the hustle not a lot of opportunity if you were making it out of my neighborhood it was you were either uh, fortunate enough to become a ball player of some sort which was slim to none or you got into one of the plants outside of that you were doing something illegal So those were the odds and obstacles that were in front of me coming up. I was able to keep myself out of trouble by running to Texas to go play ball in college. And fortunately, that brought me to Nashville, where I worked as a, a, a Yeoman Johnson, I like to say. I was a jack of all trades for a real estate investment company. That was when I first got introduced to the idea of more, and, and we can talk about that at another time because that that was huge in my growth experience. Um, from there, kind of did the job hopping thing, menial labor, menial jobs, all the way up to where I am today. Uh, another story in itself. Uh, met my wife, and we we decided that we were going to stop having conversations just talking about all the challenges in our neighborhoods and try to fix it. So, uh, started a business called. Save a Marriage, uh, where our goal is to impact the communities in in three tiers, through the children, young adults, or singles, and then the married couples. And the goal was if we can keep these married couples together by creating a network where they can speak through their experiences and not feel alone, they're more than likely to stay in their marriages. If the babies see that, they're going to try to achieve that as they get older. And while they're babies, we want to put that love of self in there. So when they get older and they're old enough to date, their, their criteria, and I'm not talking about the, the boxes that they need to check, but their criteria for simple human capacity type stuff. Like if I treat you this way, I don't need to be in this relationship. We put all that in and then they get married. And now we got this circle effect. So we got that. Then I also am a a podcaster, a content creator uh, for a show called Black Guy Therapy. Uh, And the goal of that show is where we are literally talking about things that black men are impacted, like being black Superman, where if we have these conversations in the general public, we're probably going to get slaughtered in the court of public opinion. Uh, Outside of that, I do speaking, um, not just for the business that we have, but also for the organization that I work for. So, again, I got my hands in a lot of pots, a lot of fires, uh, but I'm huge on impacting and influencing the outcome of the Black community. Understanding that the Black experience did not start with Martin, Malcolm, Harriet, Sojourner. We had a history that started way before that. And being able to try to connect the dots to that, to where we are today and leveraging my voice through my experiences to speak for those who may not have the same type of platform. And that's in corporate America, that's via uh, social media, via podcasting, and that's just in my everyday experiences with people of color that look like me. Our interactions are critical to me. So that kind of sums up who I am, what I believe, what I'm trying to accomplish, uh, and what I will not stand for, which is allowing my folks to go
1: down without a fight you dig all right so listen listen i'll tell everybody this really quickly when i first met joel uh within the i guess it was be 30 seconds of hearing them talk i had to like take a second take and then i caught myself like a public speaker i think that i'm okay right
0: <laughs> so oh, now you're nice with agree, it. but
1: I'm, I'm okay i'm okay
0: but you're nice I, with
1: I, it i heard i heard joel talking i'm like okay i can't i can't say anything just yet let me just give him another chance and then he says something again and i'm like okay you know what stop it listen y'all i don't know what this meeting is about but joe needs to write that book okay let's just put it yep. out there he has to write a yep. book okay this man uh-huh. the way that he communicates it, it it captivates so go check him out um and I appreciate that, man. So, like, I'm really excited to to have you here because number one, I, I love our conversations. I feel like I get better in every single one of these conversations that we have. So, I want to continue to keep that going. But on the back end, I want to ask a question um, because yeah. we're on the subject of Black Superman. It makes me think from a from a Joel perspective. I, you are Superman. When you think about. Uh, the job that you're working, your come up, your uh, shared experience. Also, um, the podcasting, uh, the business with your wife, the speaking engagements. It's awesome. Just as a content creator, that's that's Superman in itself. But at what point in time do you have to be Clark Kent? And now on the other side of it, what times do you feel like, okay, you know what? This is when I show up as Superman.
0: Ooh, you know, that's a heavy question, man. Um, I think there's what makes the, the black Superman concept so prevalent is the fact that you have to switch back and forth almost like a shapeshifter. and it And it is really dependent upon the situation you find yourself in. Because like I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to find ways to be less Superman-ish in certain scenarios because I don't want people to look at me and be like, This dude's uneducated. He's these things. And that's something that I need to work on so that doesn't affect me so much. But it does. Another place is, heck, even in my marriage. Like, there's expectations that my wife has of me. And there's expectations of the things that she should be able to do. And as a man, trying to navigate that, because I'm like, that makes no sense. But I also understand everybody has their journey that they got to go on. So like for me to tell her this don't make sense and be like, don't do It's totally different than me being like, all right, well, hey, that's your journey. That's your experience. You do that. Here's some potentials, outcomes, I believe could happen. Mm-hmm. But you have to experience this because you can't listen to me. Then there's with the children. You know, sometimes they need you to to speak to them in a certain way where they can, if not, they're not offended or hurt or sad by it, but then you got to determine the times when you got to be a little bit stronger When you got to put that cape on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in my situation, I have a stepson. So that's another layer of black Superman where, man, there's another man that has a little bit of say so on the things that transpire in my house. (sighs) So I got to deal with that. Then I got to go outside and interact with the general public wearing the skin that I'm in. So the cape never really comes off. It's almost like Clark Kent puts on all the suit and tie and all that with the glasses, but the cape is hanging out up front under his suit coat. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. you never really get to not be Superman. You have to really force yourself to be Clark Kent in certain situations because – You have to be able to read the room.
1: So you mean to tell me it's actually the reverse instead of it being, you know, you're Superman and you live like you're Superman. But there's point in times where Superman could bring in that enemy instead of you saving and helping support people. You actually have to be Clark Kent to be Superman.
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. Because people are not always capable emotionally, mentally, whatever, of dealing with the fact, hey, this person right here, they're special. They know what they're talking about. Even though it's coming off quite harsh, very strong, they ain't told a lie yet. So being able to recognize the person in which you're communicating, that you're talking to, that you're trying to build with. Sometimes you got to take that step back and let them feel like they're stronger, not stronger than you, but they're stronger than what they normally are in the situation. Sometimes you got to build people up by allowing them to go out there and be in front. And you take that back seat. You put the glasses on like Clark and you sit there at your desk and you type in away while they get to go on TV and tell the story that you just wrote. That's why the feeling is so strong, because you're right. Even... Even in the job that I have currently, I can tell that people are uncomfortable with the conversation. They're uncomfortable with the thought of the hiring of more diverse employees, especially on that uh, next level management. We're talking senior directors and on up. That makes people uncomfortable because they feel like they've worked just as hard to get there. And, you know, to be honest, for the most part, people got to put in some work to get those positions, those titles.
1: Let me ask you a question about that, though, right? So you think about yeah. the whole whole thought process. Okay, yeah, people got to put in some work. And I agree. I'm not going to take anything away from the work that individuals may have to put in. I think on the back end, I also think, is their work justified or are there opportunities that like, hey, okay, you know what? This person looks like me. And that means that they look the part and they get the opportunity.
0: Oh, clearly. And, 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 you know, what I love about being able to speak in these type of arenas is we can be honest and and no judgment is just this is what it is. Clearly, white folks have benefited from the bosses of these companies, the ones that have the hiring authority to bring in people that look like them. There's comfort in people that look like you, period. So we won't argue that. We know people are benefiting just from their connections with these certain people. I'm going to tell you a quick story that kind of messed me up today. I went to get a COVID test so I could travel. As I'm having a conversation with the doctor, I'm watching the way he's looking at me. Now, you know, I got hair all on my head. I had my hair twisted. I had just taken it out. So hair's big. I'm wearing a hoodie, some jeans, probably look like, to him, the average black dude who I'm not sure what they might do to me if we're in the alley together. You want to know what this man asked me during our conversation? What did he say? He looked at me intently in my eyes and was like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, I wonder if he's asking me this because he really cares to get to know me or because the way this conversation is going, he had no idea that Maybe I would speak the way he thinks mm-hmm. a man that looks like me shouldn't be able to speak. Mm-hmm. So to your point and your question you asked earlier, yes, they're not used to that because there's more time being spent with people that look like them. The circles that they keep are going to normally be people that look like them, and that's not just them; that's everybody.
1: I think that's tough, man. Because I look at my situation and I can tell you that when com- first coming to America or at least the States, um, being from the Caribbean, I, I had a heavy accent, and it, it was pretty tough. And I, I try to tell people okay. this story a little bit more so they can understand my perspective. But but having that accent, it being a little tough, and then also um, having to study or compromise and, and talk a different way was, was tough for me as well, right? So I had to change mm-hmm. my accent in order to be accepted, and, you know, as I get older, individuals are saying, hey, you know, like, you should have kept the accent. It would have been great. You know, add to your personality. I'm like, yeah, but I'm getting pointed at and laughed at. They're calling me uh, immigrant every day at school. Wow. Like, who wants to go through that type of experience, right? And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm right. going to be the best kid in class because my parents not coming up to this school, right? I don't want y'all to even hear them talk if y'all laughing at me, right? So, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough. it was a tough situation. But then now it's like um, – I grew up and I I got invited into a lot of rooms where people were able to say to me, Hey, Dwayne, you know what? You're not like them. And, and that Mm. felt like a great thing at one point in time, right? Hey, hearing it, you know, you're different or you stand out or maybe that you're better, right? You're better than all the other blacks. And I'm like, man, F this, I am like them. And I started doubling down on how I talk. I seriously and like, Hey, let, let me learn some more inner city, lingo and I'm actually going to bring that into corporate and if they don't like it then they don't like me because I want to be a mm. reflection I want them to see me see my work ethic, see what I do and then say hey you know what that person is like Dwayne and then that person gets the opportunity not because that yep. somebody has to be somebody else or who you want them to be in order to be successful I didn't agree with that at all
0: that's crazy and man I, I want to say this I empathize with that story. I did not know that. And it's super unfortunate, but again, it's so true. Like You you find yourself shifting to fit. I even still to this day, no lie, I can be somewhere where there's white folks around and I find myself trying to appear less threatening. How do you do that?
1: Absolutely.
0: How do I fix my body to not look threatening, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Crazy.
1: Oh yeah. I mean it, it, it happens and and I think that that's that's part of some of the the trauma um yes. in, in past because it's like okay if I don't go through the situation and change my my stance or don't seem or I shouldn't seem as confident because in doing that some individuals may feel threatened. And I think it's all about power for them where there may be some type of hierarchy. Um, so let me come down a level just so I can make it out this place with my sanity. Yeah,
0: that's so sad, but so true. I, uh, in, in when I do my day job, I am generally the only person of color in the room. Most definitely the only black man. And I, I, I just find myself always trying to, um, achieve certain things and, and to excel and to be on this level that's so far superior to what everyone would even expect the outcome should be that I don't leave my room myself in room for error and and I have to continually to remind myself like these people are coming into these meetings sometimes unprepared they're they're not participating to the to the end result which is We're doing this because we're trying to evolve into this. And these are high level title people that aren't providing any type of benefit with their presence. But here I am under them in terms of title. My job is to facilitate all this. And I'm doing more in terms of input for the outcome than you are.
1: And somebody may
0: have the audacity to say, hey, we should do it this way instead.
1: That's scary. I, I think that yeah. you know. Uh, I watched Blackish the other day, and I think they had one of these episodes where uh, you know Dre. He's pretty much. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Blackish, but Dre. He's a main character on the show, and he's like a senior vice president of a marketing firm, and he really wants to push his idea off. And he said, "I feel like this is a great idea," and his his boss, which is pretty much the owner of the company, is like. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I just really I just really want to go with what my idea is. You know, I really want to use this trump card on you. (laughs) Yeah. And it seems like that's how we show up every day. Like, I'm going to put in all this work, but just for somebody to sit back and say, you know, what, I'm going to use this trump card because it's me flexing my power. It's me showing you Mm. your
0: place. So I'm going to give you a spin to that because you're absolutely right. And what I've noticed is. In our community, one of the things that are creating some of the divides is that when you speak to a person that looks like you, not all the time, but sometimes, they try to sun you. You you know what I mean when I say sun you. Oh yeah. So I was having a conversation not too long ago, and the, this person asked to have the meeting with me. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's catch up. Let's connect. Based off of my expertise, what I do. And got on the call, so, so Joel, what do you want to meet about? What do you want to talk about? And I'm like, you scheduled a meeting, but okay. Uh, You know, I just really just want to continue to network and make sure that I know all the people that work here that look like me so we can continue to expand that network and be that support system that's required in corporate America. Okay, yeah, so, but, but how can I help you? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. That's not what that meeting was about. But here's what I do in my day-to-day. And it turned into a, well, you should do it like this. You should think about it this way. And I'm like, but you've never done this job. What What did this college just turn into? So your original idea of Black Superman, I think it's like an onion. There's so many layers to it, so many levels. And I'm like, now I'm in this position where they're telling me, oh, we need you, my black folks, we need you to be here in these rooms to represent and put it down. But then we're having a conversation and you're telling me how to put it down. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Right. But then on the other side, I'm talking to my white counterparts and they're allowing me this room to do stuff. But when it comes to a legitimate decision, to your point, it's like, well... Now we, we we probably don't want to do that. We probably need to do it this way. So it's like, now I got to put on that that cape. And in this in this instance, the cape is that mental toughness. Because mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'm getting it from both sides.
1: Experience where we pretty much have to be Clark Kent. Yeah, we're the ones doing the work. We're the ones getting sun. And this is actually us being Superman. So we can go out and then do the other things or be that provider or uh, maintain the household. Um, even yep. though you're 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 right, you, but we have to be okay with I guess you, the, using the same terminology that you called out earlier, sunned, in yep. certain situations. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: And the toughest the toughest with me is the interaction with my wife. And just being honest, because right now twenty twenty one, the perspectives that a lot of our, our women have is that the men are not doing enough. They're not stepping up, but because they don't have the unfortunate privilege of walking in our shoes, they just think that when I come, like my wife, I believe that when I come home from work now in the last 18 months, I ain't had to come home till I've been working from home. But when I come home from work after being out there in the experience, I believe she's like, I I make it look so easy that she doesn't even consider what I do difficult anymore. Mm. So when they talk about how black black women saved the country through the vote and all of that, that's an action. That's a single action. But what they don't realize when they're saying that is that you're now marginalizing black men, making them feel like all the work that they have to do especially in their communities and even more than that, in their own homes, it, it, it minimizes what you do. So again, you got to sometimes be like, Superman, came, hey, you tripping. Y'all tripping. Other times you got to put on the Clark Kent and be like, hey, you know, thank you black women for saving the country. So wh- now what does that look like? Because AAPI just got you know, executive order signed for them. What have we gotten signed for us? You know, so that, that's, that's a Joel challenge. That's huge for me right now.
1: Understandably so. I, mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, if you had the solution for that as uh, Superman, what, what direction would you go? Or I guess what I'll say is where would you start? Because it, it seems like it's a long battle ahead. So where would you start?
0: Well, it is. It's a very long battle, but let me say this. This is what people don't give enough credit to. It's very easy to point out a problem. It's a little bit easier to come up with solutions, actually. But the most difficult thing to do is point to why there's an issue in the first place. I believe personally that the reason there's an issue is because, not slavery, because oddly enough, Even after slavery, black couples were married way more than they are right now in 2021. So we can't use that excuse. We just have to be accountable for our individual actions, behaviors, thought processes, and desire to be better and grow and evolve. That's where we got to start. I like that. I got to be accountable for me. You be accountable for you. If we're doing that together, black man, black man, y'all should never be out in the street fighting. And that escalates to shoot. Mm -hmm. We need to take control over our emotional journey. That emotional journey is critical. So, again, for me, it all starts with accountability. It's not a one-size-fits-all. But if we can at least hold ourselves to a higher standard of expectation, then a lot of things go away quickly.
1: I love that. I love that. You know what, Joel? I think that that was such a great first step. I don't want to give them too much. I need to keep them coming back. Okay. Right. Before we do that, let's do this. Tell everybody about your podcast, about your business and where they can find you. And uh, we're going to definitely sync back up again in the future.
0: Yeah, we got to, we got. So, so again, the business is save a marriage uh, and you can actually find us on Instagram at save a marriage LLC. Uh, the website is Uh And then for for em- any type of email inquiries, info at com. The podcast is Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put that in there. Uh, but it, you can find it basically anywhere where uh, podcasts are played, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You name it, it's there, Anchor even. Uh, So, yeah, go there, check that out. We actually um, just got moved into one of the uh, suggested podcast lists now. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty big. So we're excited about that. But um, the goal is, you know, not so much about the likes and the follows and subscribers and all of that, but it's about putting out a message that can help to build somebody. And based on some of the feedback that we're getting from not just the the various countries around the world that are listening and the consistent listenership, but also the responses we get via email where people are like, man, thank you for saying this because I was going through something similar. So that's where you can find me. That's where you can find the wife and what we're doing. There's tons and tons of content out there uh, in, in terms of our trying to impact the community. We've got like I don't know, man, maybe 120, 140 episodes on black guy therapy. So don't worry about starting at one. You can start most recent, work your way around, do it how you want to. Uh, but our, again, my overall goal is just to make sure that my folks, we, we we make that progress that we're trying to.
1: Hey, I love it. And I tell you this, um, when you first told me about the podcast, when I was able to check it out, I was like, oh, no, nah, I started at the last episode. I got to go back and check out Black Guy Therapy. Go ahead and say it again. What's the tagline to it?
0: A therapeutic podcast.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> it. All right. Thanks again, Joel, for uh, stopping by and uh, looking forward to some future conversations about you, absolutely. what you're doing, and also hey, you, you know, we got to write that book.
0: Absolutely. Man, and I just want to say thank you so much. I absolutely love our conversations. And you talked about it builds you up. Man, it, I feel like I'm smarter every time I talk to you. So thank you.
1: Hey, man. Like minds, man. That's what we're building together. Yeah. So I appreciate it all. Yep. Thanks again. All right. All right. Big thank you to Joel for joining us today. To learn more about Joel and everything he's up to, check out SaveAmarriageLLC.com and on Instagram, Save a Marriage llc We value good conversations and relationships, and this is one that we will truly cherish. So why not reach out to Joel and tell him that you enjoyed the episode while you're at it. Aspire to inspire until you expire till next time.